you can always improve upon your feel. You think you've reached a whole nother level and then you're like, oh no, now I'm reaching a whole nother level. Oh, now I'm reaching, you know, so it's, it's, it's something that's, it's always growing, it seems like. From Digital Horsemanship, this is Finding the Feel. I'm your host, Caitlin Hurst. All right, so today I'm sitting down with Krista and Randall, who both apprenticed with Chris Cox. They've worked with various trainers from the roping industry to the cutting industry, and now they have their own business, 4S Performance Horses. They work with finished horses of all kinds, including roping horses, and specialize in colt starting. And I'm just so excited to have them both on. They're both amazing people, and I know this episode is going to be chock full of relatable experiences. Not only do they both ooze passion for the horse, but there's also a love story for you in this one. Krista, Randall, thank you both for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you, Caitlin. Well, Caitlin, I just like any girl growing up, I've been absolutely obsessed with horses ever since I can remember. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, as a kid, I pretended I was a horse. <laughs> Growing up, I just wanted everything from schoolwork to everything to be involved, revolved around horses. <laughs> um, and I would find every creative avenue to intertwine horses into my life, no matter what I was doing. Um, uh, but, you know, I didn't really like pursue horsemanship until I was maybe in high school. Um, up until then, I was just happy to be around horses at any time. And then, uh, yeah, went through high school, went to college, and uh, and then um, saw an opportunity with Chris Cox on Facebook, like, you could go and apprentice with him. And I, he'd been my hero. And I'm like, oh, man, like, this is it. This is it. I love, I love that story, first of all. So, you were into horses as a kid. Did your family have horses? Were you born with it? Where did that come from? How did that start? Um, you know, we did. We lived in a little tiny town called Hanover, Colorado. It's about mm, 30 miles east of Colorado Springs. So really in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it, our town, if you want to call it that, is, con is, uh, consists of a high school a volunteer fire department and a church and then everything else is cattle ranches so we did we always just had horses because we had the land and um and yeah as as a young girl my my family kind of split up my my parents got divorced and so when I went and lived with my dad we didn't have horses for a little while but um it, my dad has always you know wanted land and always wanted horses so it wasn't too long too long down the road that we had horses again but yeah growing up we had horses that's not to say that everyone in my family is is as passionate about horses as I am I definitely got the horse bug but uh yeah they they all know about horses and my dad rides and um but yeah we've always kind of had horses and and some cows and things like that and did you get your own horse when you were a kid I did, yes. You know, I I have a younger sister, uh, an older sister, and an older brother. So we we kind of shared horses. But uh, I had one that you can say is mine. Her name was Cleo. She was a paint horse as well. And um, yeah, we just like I said, Caitlin, I didn't know what I was doing obviously back then for sure. But just just if I could get on and ride around, and then I pretended I was a horse all the time like I promise you like I was just I would make my little jumping course and everything and I'd jump over jumps and I'd run and I would gallop you know <laughs> vivid imagination but yes um so we yeah we kind of always my my real horse I wouldn't say was until Hidalgo he was mine you know nobody else's <laughs> but yeah so we kind of always had horses to share and that kind of thing but I can I can empathize with the just being obsessed and having nothing else to talk about. I feel like I'm that way now even, or just like I bore yeah. my coworkers and my husband, who's not a horse person would just <laughs> want to talk more about horses. Like, yeah. Don't even understand. Exactly right. I, I um, don't know how it happens, but I, I, I relate everything in life to horses, like especially cult starting like, Oh, like that, that can relate to horses or, you know, I don't know. I just, I've always had that little, talent I guess it is I don't know like I can relate everything and anything to horses 
Well, I think the best, the best horse people do that for sure. And there's yeah. horses will yeah. teach you so much about your life. If you pay attention, you'll learn more about yourself from your horse than I think any other human being. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. So how did Hidalgo come into your life? Let's see. So Hidalgo, so right after high school, you know, I was, I was, I loved school. Let me tell you that first. I was definitely a nerd. Like I loved school. So I was very excited for college. Um, with that said though, I, growing up in Hanover, my graduating class was only 14 kids. Um, so college was like a huge change for me having that many students. I went to CSU Pueblo and, um, it, it was it was a huge transition for me. So, you know, my dad, I think he kind of knew that. And we lived about 30 minutes from campus. So I stayed on or stayed at home and would just drive and commute and um, and we could have horses on our property. So um, at least, you know, I could still go to college and still ride. So my dad kind of knew I would need, you know, a horse like I just <laughs> horses are like essential to my life. I think so. Um, we were on the market for one. And then Hildago's ad just came up. I think in the newspaper, I want to say we have a, a local paper there called the Thrifty Nickel. And he, you know, his ad came up. And so we went out and looked at him and he was actually a saddlebred. So it's, I'm, I'm huge into cow horses right now and quarter horses. So it's so funny for me to think back that I had a saddlebred, but as you can imagine, a girl that is obsessed with horses gets a saddlebred, a beautiful saddlebred. I just was in cloud nine. I was like, he's so gorgeous. You know, and maybe he didn't ride around the best, but he was beautiful. So I loved him and he was painted. So at the time that, that was a plus, you know, I didn't, didn't really know anything about papers or anything. I just wanted a horse. So, uh, yeah, we went out and rode him and, um, it was maybe a week later. Um, we were bringing him home and unloading him, and I was just the most excited girl ever. I like I can remember. I didn't. My dad would have to call me in. Like I just I didn't want to leave his side. I was always out there with him. Oh, there's even pictures of me like in college studying my books. Like I'd have them sitting on his rump, and I'd be on him bareback, facing like he'd be grazing, and I'd be facing his rump with my books spread out across there, cross legged studying because that's I didn't want to I just you know didn't want to even take time to study I just wanted to always be around Hidalgo <laughs> what did you two do together <laughs> anything and everything so like I said before he's a saddle red but I wanted to do we have uh these little competitions called gymkhanas so and they consist of like a little barrel race pole bending uh maybe like a keyhole you know that kind of thing so we have them like I think I think twice a month, I want to say. And, um, you know, I'd load him up and <laughs> we'd go up there. <laughs> it was so fun, though, because I got to hang out with my friends. And, uh, yeah, I'd run him around the barrels and around the poles. And, and I mean, he did it for me. He did it perfectly. But, like, I didn't – I was just having a great time. <laughs> and uh, we would – oh, my favorite thing would be – just to ride him bareback everywhere. I think that may have helped me with my balance now, but uh, yeah, I'd lope him across the fields uh, bareback, just everywhere. Just, uh, you know, over bushes, whatever. <laughs> just bareback everywhere. Uh, my niece, she would she would ride with me, and I remember one time we were out there riding bareback, and she, you know, she doesn't know anything about horses, and I'm like, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. And we're loping along, and Hildago turns, and I just think it's the funnest thing in the world and Christine my niece she's holding on to me around my waist and then she just bloop, falls and I fall off but Hildago just stands there oh yeah he he was so great like putting up with me every, everything I did everything with him I learned how to braid really really well with him I did I was always giving him baths I braiding brushing everything I I was just in heaven <laughs> Any any particular things or anything in particular that he that he taught you that you carry with you into your training today? Yeah, he he you know Hildago taught me really to be a horseman, and uh, what I mean by that is he he basically taught me the techniques that I needed to keep improving my horsemanship. Right, so when I first started with him. I had no idea that you could get a horse to join up or you could get a horse, uh, horses, you know, you can get them soft on the ground or you can push their hips around or, or do any of that stuff. And I would watch videos or listen to, um, like Chris Cox's TV show or just, you know, trying to soak up all the information I could. And, um, Hildog was really the one who taught me like 
patience and <laughs> uh, what it is to, you know, just be a horseman and not just a, just a horse crazy girl, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah. Up until then, I had no idea um, that you could ever get a horse to do any of that stuff. So up until then, I, yeah, I, I, I was amazed. It was like magic to me, you know, I, and, and I could not stop learning. Like I wanted, like every day I was so hungry to just every little step in horsemanship. And at the, looking back, I'm like, wow, I didn't know anything then. Like, even then when I thought like, okay, like, like, okay, let's just take lunging even like I, you know, getting him to direct and drive properly. Like I didn't even know how to do that. I didn't know <laughs> nothing when I say, uh, I didn't know nothing. I didn't know nothing. So these little tiny steps were like huge to me. I just, I felt so cool. Like I loved it. I, I got to the point in college really that as a senior in college, instead of paying attention, which I love school, I, all I could think about was horsemanship. Like, man, what can I do when I get home? You know, like, I don't know. I just craved it. I craved, craved, craved it. I love it. So in call, then it was in college that you saw Chris Cox um, had an apprenticeship opening. Yes, yes, and um, you know I, I I've told this to Randall before, so I, I would say the turning point um, of my whole kind of career and thought process off of vet school was when I. <laughs> oddly enough, went to Kentucky for a veterinary internship. And I went to Road to the Horse, and I actually got to meet Chris there, um, which was the coolest moment ever. I thought it was so cool. And uh, Is he just wonderful? Yes. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, Because he's just – he was my hero, you know, horseman. And um, But I it was the year that it was Nick Dowers, Clinton Anderson, and Richard Winters. It was 2016, I believe. And – and uh, my dad bought me tickets because I was over there in Kentucky for six months and he, he bought me the tickets and I was so excited because I've always loved Road to the Horse. And um, I was the second row up and I was actually sitting next to Nick Dower's Pen Wrangler's wife and they were from Montana. And I, I, so, you know, it's a three day event. So it was pretty cool. I got to sit next to her each day and just kind of chat with her. But when I, Nick Dower's round pen for the first day was right there in front of us and how smooth he was even just putting up the latigo or or just all of his ground movement oh my goodness i was blown away like i i couldn't i was like this is literally the coolest thing in the world i want to do this so bad and i didn't even want to go not to say i didn't love helping the vet but i was like man if i could just do this every day instead of going back to vet all the vet stuff i was like i man, I, that'd be, shoot, I'd be golden. And, and, uh, I remember Nick Dower's thing, like he, every time he'd get a colt to do something, you know, correctly or progress through his horsemanship, he'd say right there, just right, just right. And I'm always like, man, I, like, I just always hear that phrase in my head, just right, just right. And I just, I don't know. I loved it. And so when I got back, it was my senior year of, of college. And, and that's when I, um, you know, I was, I was actually in on my campus parking lot and it was my, um, senior year. And, uh, I worked then when I came back from Kentucky, I got a little job with one of our, a really good family friend of ours. His name is Tim Emick and they had, he has some yearlings he wanted me to work with and some older, you know, kind of problem horses and stuff. And that's all I could think about Caitlin. Like I, school was like on the back burner for me. And um, we have brandings out at the cattle ranch and we would, you know, I just, that's all I wanted to do. And so I was praying in the campus. I was like, please Lord, like this is the avenue I want in life. If you could just, I don't know how, but I need to pursue this. And not five minutes later, Chris puts out this um, ad, uh, ad on Facebook that says, you know, he's looking for motivated and, and focused individuals that are hardworking and uh, to come and help him with his new ranch in Dubois. It's, you know, a guest ranch and, and come up there and, and you get an opportunity to work with them. And, and I called my dad and I was crying and I was like, dad, this is it. Like, and I sped home, got out a horse because he wanted videos, you know, of you riding and that kind of thing. So I was like, oh man, we've got to record. I got to get, you know, I was like, this is it. Like I was, it was amazing. And so, yeah, that's in, it was about a month later. You get, I got a call from Texas and it was Chris Cox and I was, oh, I, I could not believe it. Could not believe it. Uh, uh, not at all. So yeah, packed up and went to Wyoming after that. But yeah, see that it was my senior year in college when he, um, put out that ad. Did you graduate? I did. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. I did graduate. 
<laughs> and I and I still graduated with a very good GPA, but it wasn't a 4.0. <laughs> well, that's still really impressive. <laughs> yes, and it was branding season right as I was graduating, and I was like, oh, I just want to be on the ranch. Like, all right, I'm done with this. I'm done. You know, like, yep. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Chris Cox called you personally? Yes, he did. And it was kind of funny. So I, I like to jog. And uh, so I was out for a jog and I get a call from Mineral Wells, Texas. And I I don't know why. I didn't even think about it because it was a month later that I and Caitlin, when I sent off my application to do this, I was like, well, that was it. Like, I I would love to get it. But I was like, I'll never be considered. Like, what am I thinking? So I didn't even did not even dawn on me that it would actually be Chris. And I, my voicemail box was full at the time. So I got back to the house and I was like, dad, I, I got a call from, you know, a Texas number. And he goes, well, what if it was Chris Cox? And I was like, yeah, right. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, you know what, <laughs> actually, maybe it was. So I called it back thinking if it was Chris, it would have been like a secretary or something. Nope. It was Chris himself. He's like, hello. You know? And I was like, I was like, Oh, uh, hello. He's like, Krista, you're a very hard person to get a hold of, or you know, something <laughs> like that. And I was like, I was like, oh yeah. He's like, you must be very well liked because your voicemail box is full. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I was just, I was. And then I like pointed at my phone and I was like, Dad, it's Chris Cox. And I put him on speaker. <laughs> and my dad was like, oh my gosh. And we're just sitting there. And I didn't even hear the first five minutes of the conversation because I was like so flabbergasted. I was like. You know, it was crazy, but yeah. So, yep, he called me personally and he's like, come on up to Wyoming. I was like, yeah, I'm packing my bags right now. <laughs> See you in the morning. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> See you in the morning. <laughs> your, uh, your dad also sounds like a special guy. Yes, yes. He, my dad and I are very, very close. We have a great re relationship. My dad has r raised me to be real independent, you know, just real strong, real, uh, you know, and I, I honestly feel like my, my dad and everything that he's kind of taught me relates directly back to my horsemanship. You know, I, we've, we, I've gone hunting with my dad since I was 11 in the mountains there in Colorado. And, you know, you would think it's just a elk hunt, but in hindsight, now me looking back, it's like, those were the times that taught me the most, you know, the, the greatest lessons in life were taught in the back country of the Rocky mountains, you know, riding, riding back there, packing in on horseback. And, and it really just gives you a whole new perspective on life. And in, and it, in direct relation to that, it gives you a great perspective on your horsemanship and it gives you a, like a, a grateful heart that you get to live live here on this beautiful pla beautiful planet and, and just work with horses every day you just there's nothing better so yeah my dad definitely has has taught me to be just a strong individual and never give up no matter what you know he's he's always instilled that in me so and um my dad himself he's a, he's a good horseman he's he's actually he does mounted shooting and uh yeah he's he's taught me a ton <laughs> that's so cool i love that he um when you came back and you told him you got a phone call, he immediately was like, what if it was Chris Cox? Like, yeah. call them back right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. I didn't think about it, but my dad did. He's like, what if it was Chris? And I was like, no way. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> yes. So then uh, how long until you actually did go out there? I'm sure it was not the next morning as much as you wanted it to be. <laughs> yes. So let's see. I actually, it was about April that I got the call and I went up June 1st. Well, it was the, uh, yes, it was June 1st. And so April, you know, uh, you know, obviously it, uh, you got finals. And so I still had to extract any amount of focus I could out of me to finish college and get through finals. And I actually like won a, uh, biology award in in the biology department um and they it was funny because they called me up and they introduced me and everything and it was really really cool and they're like and we want everyone to know that Krista is going on to pursue her career in horsemanship she got an apprenticeship with Chris Cox and it was it was it was the coolest moment because these guys you know in the biology department of CSU they don't know anything about horses, really. So it was so cool for them to acknowledge that and say, 
you know, and then they let me have the microphone and they're like, you want to tell us a little bit about that? And I was like, okay, you know, I was so excited. So I don't know. It was cool. So finishing up there and then I got to graduate and I remember I put on top of my cap letterbuck because hildago is you know the movie hildago letterbuck and also like it was like a little motto in life letterbuck because now it's time okay we're going to pursue horsemanship so letterbuck you know is, i don't know it's kind of cool so i remember i put a big horseshoe on there it said letterbuck and then i graduated college and and then went up to wyoming <laughs> i love that so i want to hear about your first day what must that have been like you pull up what happens <laughs> okay so my dad drove me up there first of all it's beautiful uh, as you can imagine it's it's a beautiful lodge beautiful you drive in beautiful backdrop it's right there a few minutes from Yellowstone so as you can imagine the Tetons are there it's beautiful and so I'm I'm taken away by that first of all and um, you know you see the big triangle seat sign and I'm like oh my gosh and we get out and it's it's pretty quiet because none of the guests were there yet or anything and you know everyone is still kind of preparing everything and so we just kind of walked into the lodge and I met the secretary there and um and uh you know they're like hold on we'll take you out and we'll meet Chris and I was like oh you know I was so excited and and we went out there he was actually on a tractor and he got off and he and he shook my dad's hand and shook my hand and it was really cool um he uh he always said like he would kind of introduce us to the guests each time that there'd be a set of guests that come in up there at the ranch and he said you should have seen Krista's dad the first day that we dropped he dropped her off it was like he was you know giving away his little girl you know like and so I don't know Chris you know he, he just he saw it in his eyes I guess but no it was amazing and then uh we you know they just put us on a little task to help get the ranch ready and um and uh there were a few other interns there and and you know getting to meet everybody it was it was a cool cool experience so how long was the apprenticeship for that? It was for about three months. Uh, it was from June to September. And what what did you learn there? Like what was what did he teach you throughout that time? Um, so he, anything and everything you wanted to learn, you just had to ask. But he, I, for me personally, I learned a lot about lead changes and uh, lead departures and and picking up leads and, and really disengaging the hind end and overall though Caitlin I learned a, a, like how um, technical horsemanship can get and how precise uh, feel and timing and release has to be and and Chris is an absolute expert at that and um, so you know a typical day would be we would help with things on the ranch during the day um, that would be anything from <laughs> mowing the lawn to you know just upkeep of the ranch um to uh, taking guests out on rides um all over the trails up there um which was a pretty cool experience because you got to meet people from all around the world and um kind of do that all day and then or put up fence and then in the evenings we would saddle up and if you wanted to you could go out there and, and ride with chris and um uh, and oftentimes we would rope the dummy and I, I didn't know anything about roping, but I learned everything I know about roping from Randall. He, he came up there and when I, I met Randall, he came about a, a week after, um, I got there cause he had to bring up Chris's rig actually from mineral wells or the, there was like a triangle C rig mm -hmm. that he had to bring up. And, um, so he came up about a week later and it was funny because Chris told us he's like okay we've got a guy coming up from you know he works for Cactus Ropes he's coming up from Pleasanton Texas and I thought I thought because there's a lot of people that come up there that are, are very well known and so I was like oh cool an NFR roper like that's what I thought and um and the way that he presents himself I was like oh it's so nice to meet you I didn't know he was like an apprentice like me and so I was like so excited and I was like teach me how to like, you know, feed your loop and everything. I didn't know it. I didn't know anything. So yeah. So we would always rope the dummy. We would ride and then rope the dummy. And, and that, that was a typical day up there. But so yeah. And, and Chris would always rope with us too and everything. So it was, it was always fun. Hey everyone. I wanted to be sure we took a quick break to bring you a special offer from Krista and Randall's friends. And now our friends over at Cactus Ropes. 
They've truly led the way in the roping industry, making the highest quality ropes for more than 25 years. And today they're offering all Finding the Feel listeners 10% off of anything on their website. Just visit cactusropes.com and when you check out, use Finding Feel as your promo code. That's Finding Feel, no the, all capitals, and give them a shout out and thank them for this great offer. Now back to the interview. <laughs> okay, we're going to come back to that in a second. Um, but first I want to, okay. I want to round back, uh, Randall, before we bring you in, I want to round back Krista to, um, what you talked about, you know, learning those intricacies of horsemanship. Mm -hmm. Do you have any stories while you're there? Something that sticks in your mind where you maybe had like a light bulb moment or really dawned on, dawned on you, um, something specific maybe working with Chris in a specific course or otherwise yes I do and and the first story that comes to mind is um my most inspirational time that I felt there was I um so our the secretary up there she had a horse um that she got bucked off of and she she was an older lady so you know it gave us all a scare she was she and you know, and so she got she got bucked off, and um, I, I I'm I'm pretty sure that the background of the horse is he was kind of notorious for that. He was kind of notorious for you know bucking people off. So Chris is like, okay, bring him up to the ranch. They live just a few miles down the road from Triangle C. Her and her husband did, and so they brought him out, and he was a big old buckskin horse. And Chris, you know, um, he was still doing some of his back procedures at the time. So he was riding one of his really good horses, Hank. Um, he helps him a lot with, with, you know, everything from colt starting to, you know, just doing all everything that he does on the ground, he can do on the back of Hank. And it, and it's really, really cool. So he can dis disengage the hind end. He can move the rib cage, soften everything up from the back of that horse. And so he did a whole demonstration and we had some guests out there and I was sitting out there on the fence and I got to watch it all. And it was the coolest thing. Like it was giving me chills watching it because his and, and and that was a time that it dawned on me like man your timing and release has so much to do with transforming the mind of a horse because I would watch him and with Hank it was like a dance uh you know he'd move this horse this buckskin horse's hip around he moved he softened his rib cage he just got that horse like like putty in his hands you know and it was the coolest thing uh it, it was it just blew me away so then, you know, he gets this horse, he gets his mind right, and he slides on the back of, of this horse from Hank onto the back of the buckskin horse, and he lopes him around, and that's that's the time that I was like, okay, yeah, I understand. Like, I understand how important your timing is and how important feel is and how how much it can transform the mind of a horse it blew me away i was so inspired it just it gave me chills I, it was the coolest time it was my coolest memory uh, of all the things that chris demonstrated to us that was definitely the, the coolest thing i got to witness it was yeah it was it was something else that's an amazing story that's so cool i i had a guest at one point who talked about feel and, and timing and the release however that release comes and one make can make the difference between a good horse and a great horse, but also speed, right? So it's like I may be able to teach my horse to do the same thing that that horse just did, but it's probably going to take me like five years, and it just took you like thirty minutes. Cool. Yeah. Yes, that is exactly right. It's it's amazing. It's and and it's something I feel that is always improving as horsemen. Like you you can always improve upon your feel. Like every day, like mm -hmm. you think. You think you've reached a whole nother level and then you're like, oh, no, now I'm reaching a whole nother level. Oh, now I'm, re you know, so it's 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 something that's it's always growing, it seems like. Yeah, definitely. So then about a week after you arrive there, this roper guy, some strangers supposed to show up <laughs> and uh, out comes Randall. Did you uh, did you think anything when you saw him <laughs> other than this guy might be important? <laughs> yes, I did. I, I thought he was very important. I, Caitlin, I, I really did. I thought he was, I thought he was, had roped at the NFR. Like I, I just, 
I, I, I just thought that like he just the way he presented himself, the way he talks and the way that he ropes, you know, and and he also we had a when he came, it we had youth camps at the beginning of the summer. And so we had, um, you know, I think it was a group of, oh, I don't know, 14 or so boys uh, for eight, from the age of like. 10 to 15 or 16 and um and, and so he came right in the middle of that boys camp and so it just so happened like i think he arrived that morning and chris told randall to go ahead and you know do a little roping dummy demonstration slash like learning clinic and so i that's really what made me think oh man this guy knows what he's doing like chris hired him to teach these guys how to rope and so i was like oh i'm gonna learn all i can all, all i can from him and so um yeah that's that's what i thought when i first saw randall but ever like yeah, he, I, I thought he was very important, and he is. He is very important. Like, I, but I did think that when he got out. She was rightly fooled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what were you? What were you thinking, Randall? You, you get out and you have this nice, lovely young girl just kind of talking to you, asking you all kinds of questions. What hope, was going through I your hope brain? I hope she can't see my sweaty pits. <laughs> 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 oh, she inspired me. And this is what's kind of funny. This is funny. So when I was doing my uh, deal to apply for Chris's video, I got on YouTube. I was like, I got to see what the competition looks like. And so I got on YouTube and I'm looking. And what do you know? There's Krista moving around a two-year-old that she's about to get on for the first time. And I looked at my video that I had, and I just crumpled it up and just pitched it behind my back and said, you know what? Maybe it's not right for me because <laughs> I could not compete with that. <laughs> so then how did you come back around to it? Well, I guess I uh, – you know what? Me and Jim I, – I got a really good friend of mine, Jimmy. He's been – best friend since since high school and uh shoot we i kid you not we was sitting in the barn till midnight going over a sheet that i had wrote down that i was going to speak because you have to make a how long of a video do you have to make talking into the camera oh, about five minutes i think yeah like yeah. five minutes then it had to yeah. be a five minute video 10 minutes total yeah, yeah so yeah. shoot i got to work and just write and you know i didn't do my essay exams in high school but i dang <laughs> sure wrote that paper out and uh i kid you not we probably spent three days till midnight recording trying to make it perfect and uh finally i just i just had to submit it you know because i ran well i i ended up going to a team roping that he was putting on in hamilton that he puts on every year i don't think he's doing them really anymore but uh my boss at the time i worked for cactus and i drove up to see to meet chris and tell him you know that i was totally interested and i was i was all in and uh he goes well have you submitted your video <laughs> i said uh no well, why not? Because I'm trying to make it perfect. Just admit it. Okay. Okay. You got it. <laughs> you got it. So I did. So I did. Yeah. Yeah. And it was probably 10, 10 o'clock at night and I get a phone call from Mineral Wells. Oh, this is Chris Cox. <laughs> well, howdy, Chris. <laughs> I'm so glad I hear from you. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so before we go on with your story together, Randall, I want to hear about your background. Well, How do you get into horses? Well, I, I kind of I, I grew up in a, a rope horse family, and uh, uh, my uncle and grandpa trained a lot of a lot of rope horses down here in South Texas. And uh, my uncle started a lot of colts, um, primarily rope horses, a little a little bit of cutters, but his main deal was roping. And uh, you know what? In the shoot, it was the mid '90s. Uh, my grandpa and uncle went into the business together. Uh, my grandpa was a firefighter, and my uncle trained full-time out of the barn, and they would go halves on prospects, and they would build them to what they are and then resell them or shell them, and um, that's how they got that deal going and uh, grew to be be very success successful down here. My uncle trained a lot for the outside public, and uh, he he trained a stud uh, called – his name was Colonel Runt, and uh, – and he was at a utopia at it, and uh, Mr. Garrett was the the gentleman's name that owned him, and he bought that stud from L.A. Waters, 
and uh, who owned Colonel Freckles. And uh, mm-hmm. so we, so that's how, he, he had a, a great career. My uncle did. And uh, you know what? I, I came around growing up and now I started roping and, and uh, growing up, that's what we did. We roped, roped a little bit of calves, not a whole lot, but we'd mainly team roped, but here's the catch. I never had, I had one finished, finished horse in my whole life. And if I wanted to step up, I had to make them, you know, so, mm. so I, once I grew my kid's horse, which is Margo, she, uh, I, my, you know, I, I was, I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, to go faster. Well, you see, uh, we're going to have to find you a horse. <laughs> I said, okay, perfect. So, um, we went shopping and uh, went to the San Antonio sale that they have every year during the stock show. And this, this red roan came across the, the line and, and uh, man, he was beautiful. And, and so we ended up buying and his name's Oak and we still have him today. I was, he, we've had him since he was five, he's 15 now. And uh, I got to say that horse is probably what taught me a whole ton of a lot um, because we learned together. He, he came out of a cow horse program up in Oklahoma and I took, needless to say, I took all the feel right out of him. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and so we went through the videos together and, uh, we roped calves we, you know, I taught him how to rope calves just by hanging on, uh, tying, tying on to, uh, the horn to a, to a tire. And just, I didn't know what half of what I was doing, but I was just think I was just trying to use my head and say, I guess this is how this works. So I I'd teach him to back up and maybe a few videos that I saw on YouTube to wave the rope after head to back up a little bit, you know? So I told him, taught him how to hold a rope <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, of course we had practiced heading, you know, and that's what I did. I, we practiced heading and we got pretty good at it. And, uh, but the calf roping was a big, big, uh, step, so it was time to uh, go, go compete, show what your preparation had done. And, uh, shoot, we ran out there at, at that youth rodeo and I roped that calf and got off and Oak stood, stood like a champion right at the end of the rope. <laughs> and I got that calf flanked and I'm dying and everybody's hollering at me. And, you know, I'm thinking they're hollering my name cause I did a good job. <laughs> well, I look up and here comes my trusty steed. <laughs> <laughs> stepping all over this rope because <laughs> if you know sniffing the ground and if he decided to step on his reins or go ahead and step on the rope and feel that tension <laughs> me and the calf are going <laughs> down, down the arena yep. <laughs> so so uh you know i finally took the head rope off but that's just kind of a little bit of the fun we had growing up and and uh trying to get it figured out needless to say so much fun those first horses are so important i'm i'm curious about what you said though you took the you took the feel right out of him you said what do you mean by that and you and do you kind of understand how you did that this horse could turn around and stop and uh, uh break at the pole and of course my uncle got on him and made him look flawless Oh, I thought I did too, <laughs> but needless to say, all the buttons he had, shoot, I was just kicking. I didn't know what I was kicking. I was just kicking straight, pulling, you know, and then, and then saying, whoa, and then stop it, you know? Um, and, uh, it took a long time for me to understand collection, um, release, lift up the belly, you know, make, make the horse travel in a, in a half circle. You know, in his back, make him march his back, get collected. Um, you know, use his powerhouse, yeah. which is his hind end. You know, it took me a long time to actually until I went and worked with Chris. I, I didn't, I didn't know. I had an understanding, but I, I didn't know and understand. You know, growing up. So yeah, there's knowing, and then there's understanding, right? Oh my gosh! And once, once knowledge is bestowed upon the horseman, it is a game changer that's that's what keeps the game hungry i think it's got it's what keeps me hungry you know just just thirsting for knowledge because you learn some every single day you're on the back of one yeah that's so true so oak did he uh did he ever learn to to hold the rope back there 
you know what, Mike, needless to say, I'm trying to get my calf roping career amped back up. <laughs> I didn't, I, I, I ended up uh, not having a very long calf roping career because I wanted to be a world champion team roper, you know? And so, uh, so we went that, you know, went down that route, route, putting all our focus into head and steers. That's all I did, you know, was head steers. And I, I healed a little bit uh, around my senior year, but we were just head and steers trying to make it perfect. But, but now, you know, we're, we're trying to build a calf lane and think, you know, and that way we can uh, start making some breakaway horses and calf horses. Very cool. All right. So you have Oak, you grow up a little bit. What, what comes next for you? Is there some time in there between that and Chris Cox's place? You know what we, uh, we, from where we live, it's almost like going to uh, Arizona to Wickenburg in the wintertime. You can go to a jackpot from Thursday to Sunday and blow every dollar you've ever made. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty cool. So we got a lot of roping time. Uh, so we, that's what we did. I, I had a group of buddies that I had uh, roped and rodeoed with growing up, and, and that's what we did. And we roped and practiced hard and tried, tried to make it count. And uh, you know what? And I turned uh, 16, and I needed a job. I, I worked for a uh, I, I worked for a cattle company straightening out, straightening out a lot of uh, pasture cattle, which we don't have wheat down here. We have oats. So, so we went, uh, we'd straighten out a ton of cattle for an older gentleman, and I'd learned a lot about cowmanship and all that good stuff. Well, then I turned 16, and uh, my lifelong dream, don't ask me why, that this is kind of, a, I guess, a divine intervention. When I was a little kid, if I could – could go to cactus ropes and cactus ropes is in my hometown. If I could go to cactus ropes and just walk through the warehouse, I was tickled pink, you know, and anytime it just, I don't know why I was just fascinated about ropes. And the day I turned uh, 16, I went knocking on Barry Burke's door, which is general manager has been for many years. I went beating on his door and said, let me in. I need, I need a chance. <laughs> he, he looked at me and laughed and said, okay, I'll see you Monday. So I said, perfect. And uh, you know what? I went through every phase of building a rope uh, when I was in high school, from 16 to 18, and I worked. Uh, I worked for Cactus a year after, um, a year after I graduated. So that's that's what we we went through during my high school career, and I loved every bit of it. And then uh, once I got through the whole phase of the rope deal. Um, I was put into shipping because I was part-time due to school and things like that. Um, and so I kind of grasped onto the customer service part. Any walk-in co uh, customers that walked in, shoot, I wanted to help them because I had done all my research on what every rope felt like, how it's made, what it does. You know, I, I was I, I was just inspired. So I wanted to inspire everybody else that walked through the door, and, and which I did. And uh, for, for a long time, I wanted to get into sales. My my main goal was to get in, be a cactus sales rep. That was my my cheese and potatoes. So, uh, but I've always loved I loved to rope, and and I was still riding. I, I was riding outside horses uh, at the time, and uh, I started to start colts, and uh, started training some more team roping horses. A few of them that we had around the house. Um, you know, so I've always loved to train. I've always loved it. Was I any good at it? Probably not. My uncle uh, helped me out as much as I could, as he could, and he'd come to the barn and give me something to work on, and then I'd work on it. And then he'd come back in in a week. He, he'd give me something else. And then we would ride together a lot of time. We roped a lot of the time together. Um, so that's kind of what we did. But um, horses were, were a lifestyle for, for me anyway. It, it was it was not a job. It is not. It's just something we do. It's what we do. And if and I've just based my whole life around it. My mom made me play freshman football, and I kid you not, I was probably the the best football player on there because I was the meanest. Because I did not want to be there. I didn't <laughs> want to be there. So the the day the day football season ended was the best day of my life, and I told my mom I'll never do it again. So <laughs> the horses is something we've. Uh, I have circled my life around, you know, in, in trying to understand bloodlines because there's so much to understand and, and what to do. And uh, since the King Ranch is only an hour and a half from us, there's a lot of uh, 
Mr. Sam Peppy, little Peppy bred horses down here when I was growing up. Needless to say, you're probably going to get out of those lines quite a bit. And if you see them on the papers now, you know, they're three, four generations back, if not a little more. But it's still pretty heavy in the heart down here. Uh, so we we rode a lot of those horses. We rode a lot of Pepto Boons on horses and uh, a jealous. couple of play guns. <laughs> What's that? Said so jealous. Oh, my, you know what? I didn't realize how fortunate I was, to be honest with you. I, I really did not. It's just a lifestyle that we lived, and, and yeah. we we tried to go buy good horses. It was, it was perfect confirmation, which it, it was all a learning experience for me, you know, all a learning experience. We tried to make perfect confirmation, uh, pretty uh, pretty head, little ears, you know, and, and, um, and tried to make the best picks, but – but with all that said, when I left for Chris's, it was a totally different. It was an eye opener. It was a total eye opener, um, big time. You know, I learned what feel was. I learned how, uh, how to get a, around a horse a lot better. Um, I felt like I was okay, but he definitely brought out the the things I was lacking, and had me excel at those things the most, which is which really was my feel. I, I needed to learn how to how to feel and put buttons and move the hips and understand that that all these buttons turns into the foundation of a stop. You know, you always everybody you always wonder, man, how does he get that horse to stop? Well, it's you know I I didn't know that and it was all the foundation of being able to break the body loose, shoulders, rib cage to the hips, to the head, to the neck. It all plays a part together, and, and that was a big learning thing for me. Do you think there was a mindset shift in there somewhere? I was just always hungry for knowledge. You know, yeah. I needed. I knew I was pretty. I was pretty bad at what I I do, so I needed to get better. I, and so I I seek knowledge, and I needed to see the world. I I my circle was around Pleasanton, Texas, and surrounding, and that was about it. So and um. When Chris's ad came up, it was a perfect opportunity to go up and see some of the most beautiful country that you'd only seen in magazines. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and it was it was the biggest blessing I've ever had, you know, biggest blessing. But, yeah, no, that and that's what we did. We, we And we don't – we don't uh, – growing up, you know, we didn't trade horses. We didn't – none of that crazy stuff. We tried to have a, a full foundation horse operation, but it, it died out. Uh, when my uncle went to go work for the for the plant for the coal coal mine plant that they got here locally, um, you know the barn kind of died out. So that's our mission right now is to bring the barn back to life and bring it to, back to what it was. We're doing a lot of remodeling around the house and and uh, trying to get better and go ride with with uh, Chris and as many people as we can. You know, and we're gonna get there. But first, so we're all the way back now to Chris's place. And you meet mm -hmm. Krista, and are you both staying there and being apprentices at the same time? Yes, yes. So, so whenever I uh, Chris called me and said, uh, "Hey, uh, you know, but you send in your application, you know, come up," and and I had three days. I, I think it was on Saturday or Sunday. He said, "Be be in mineral mineral wells on Wednesday morning." I said, "You got it." Shoot, I I packed all my stuff up, and uh, a mild <laughs> meter of a truck wasn't going to make it all the way up there. So I had my mom drive me up there. So I threw all my junk in the back, and and uh, as soon as I got there, I got my stuff out, slammed the trunk, and said, "See you, mom. <laughs> I've made it." <laughs> <laughs> I made it. We're, we're going to the top now, baby. We're, a little bit different than Krista's drop yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. This is this this is it. <laughs> you know, we're going. We're big time now. <laughs> you know, and uh, needless to say, that's not the case. <laughs> you know, you know. So, uh, it, I mean, it, it's been a great. It was a crazy experience. I got dropped off at the a premier facility, which I had rarely ever stepped onto. And uh, the I was fascinated, you know, the covered arena, the covered stalls, the beauty of it, the the uh, the, the floors in the, in the barn, you know, just immaculate, beautiful place. And uh, I just tickled pink to be there. And Chris and and uh, I think Chris was already up there in uh, in Wyoming, but Miss Barb, his wife, uh, and Brandy and Caleb 
were the two people that were working for him at the time and, and Miss Barb were getting everything ready to, to leave first thing in the morning. So so I found my little bunkhouse, threw threw my my stuff on the bed and went went and helped and and uh, I was fascinated, you know it was leg boots, uh, you know standing wraps, uh, you know poultice, all all the stuff that performance horses need that I had a way lack of knowledge of was was fascinating to me, and uh, that was a huge uh, inspiration inspiring thing that that helped me whenever I was there. To, to learn that there's a lot more than just wet saddle pads, pulling the saddle off, washing them off, putting them away. You know, there's a lot more to it, but uh, not to get too off topic. Yeah. They left that morning and, uh, and, and I spent a couple days with the ranch manager down in mineral wells. His name is Jeff, the most inspiring <laughs> guy in the world. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. And he filled me on filled me in on how Chris likes to have his operation done and, and what he expects. And, and I, and ever and I was, and it was, I was perfect. It was, it was amazing. And I, <laughs> I had to drive. It was an excursion. It was yes. probably like a 2006 diesel excursion. Yeah. And uh, big old tires <laughs> lifted up. You know, it was really cool ride. <laughs> but, it was like a guest ranch it, it was, truck. Yeah, it was you know? a guest ranch truck that yeah. we picked the guest up in, uh-huh. and that thing squirreled all over the road. <laughs> and you know, I had never been farther than San Antonio, Texas, from where I lived because we lived 30 minutes south of San Antonio. And uh, so I was, I was like, cool, you know, cool. So I got behind the re- the wheel and and headed up to uh, to Wyoming and squirreled all over the road and and I had never seen the mountains before so I so I ended up in Colorado that night and uh, kicked the seat back got a few hours of shut eye and when I woke up there was a snow capped mountain and I thought I just died and went to heaven because I had never thought I'd see that and um, kept on trucking all the way up to to Dubois and it was I mean it was pictures right and left to send it to mom and dad grandpa uncle look at look at this you know it's they don't have mesquites up here you know there's no there, i don't see any cactus it's you know there's sagebrush <laughs> you know so it was it was awesome pulled into the ranch and like krista said it was a great description of of the lodge a beautiful uh arena that was built uh like like early 19 earlier 1900 you know <laughs> yeah it's pretty old uh made out of wood you know, of course, a little restored, but it was outstanding. It was old rodeo arena, <laughs> and we drove in, and, and I met met Chris and the gang. You know, they were all sitting there because they they had a the boys camp at the time, yep. and they were all having lunch. And and uh, man, I walked in this <laughs> this lodge, and and it was amazing, just amazing. Met Chris, met Cresta, and and the rest of the gang, and and it, it carried on from there. So cool. <laughs> How about how about you though? Is there a story while you're there that that stands out? Something you learned while working with horses, or? Well, I I realized that I rode like a team roper <laughs> <laughs> after the first time I rode with Chris. <laughs> what does that mean? And uh, I, I I don't sit I didn't sit down on my pockets. Mm. You know, I kind of leaned forward and and rode on the top of the balls of my feet and and uh, you know because when you're roping you're leaning forward the whole time. You know, no matter what you're doing, calf rope and team rope and whatever it is, uh, so so your your balance isn't that good, and you're you kind of balance in the saddle. You know, go go to the local team rope, and I promise you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was that guy, and uh, you know, I I learned how to sit on my pockets, and I learned how to drive a horse from the hind end to move forward instead of leaning forward and clucking and kicking. You know, and and making them hollow backed. You know, I understood how to sit on my pockets and drive them forward from from their hind end to to get power out of them, to elevate the shoulders, to to collect. You know, yeah. and, and that was a very cool experience for me. Yeah. And were you and Krista there the whole time together? Yes, yes, we were there the whole time together, and we took out a lot of rides together because I think we made the best team and made it the most fun for the guests. <laughs> and because uh, because if it was a little uh, if it was a little like a no no a little bit, but the group was a little bit exciting. Shoot, we'd cross the river that went up to your knees. <laughs> or and I'm sure when Chris listens to this, he's gonna call us and say, "Are you kidding me?" But we we would try to make it as exciting as possible and just joke and laugh, and we had a fantastic time (laughs) well we can't skip over the part where you guys fall in love and stuff so what happened there 
<laughs> I, I, I winked and she said, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Well, probably the, I would probably have to say, so, uh, the first like conversation, well, pro- like love at first sight, I guess was like when, uh, uh, so I was like, he, it was an evening at Chris's and we were like, I don't know, doing some task. And he's like talking about the rodeo. And I was like, I was like, oh, I love going to rodeos. And I said, it, it's, it's the greatest thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's a mer- it's, it's just the way that America should be like the rodeos, you know, the way that a rodeo announcer, you know, just praise and and just gets the rodeo contestants all introduced and everything and i said you know what my favorite part of the rodeo is i said the national anthem and i said bingo (laughs) (laughs) i said i like painted the picture i was like you know when the golden sunlight's falling on the arena and the american flag flag is waving and you know and he's like now ladies and gentlemen take a look at old glory and as we bow our heads and sing the national anthem and i said you know i was telling randall and i was like it gives me chills every time randall and i like I don't know. I think that was the, and he was like, me too. Like, I think that's the time that we really connected. I said, you're mine. (laughs) Did you really say that? No. (laughs) You thought it really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I I already knew it. It it was the, it was the hard part of convincing her. (laughs) Yeah. I already knew it. Uh So I'm assuming you were dating by the time y'all were done with the program. No, no, no. I I know I worked hard. No. Made it work for it, Krista. Oh man! Everybody thought we were, but no. But and I told everybody that asked. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your girlfriend? Yeah. All the all the guests (laughs) thought we were, and everything. But it it made for the coolest summer, though. Like ah, there were so many cool stories, and like Mm -hmm. bringing like we would go out and gather horses at like. 4 a.m. and and uh, go out and and all the dude horses, all the horses that they rode, you know, the the string of horses that the guests rode, and we'd go out and gather, and that was wild. And Randall and I would go out there and do that. Oh yeah, we were like wild Indians tracking across the, <laughs> you know, because there was a bunch of rivers and things like that. And, you know, them dude horses get smart, and they wouldn't want to come in because they knew they were going to get rode all day. But we believe me, we took immaculate care of them. Oh yes, the the best care you know but sometimes they would just didn't feel it that morning so we have a ball just circling them and bringing them across the river and and (laughs) running them in like the wild indians you know cowboys and indians yeah we we made it as fun as possible yeah you know that sounds like heaven i'm so so jealous of that experience how cool must that we're pretty blessed i'm gonna be honest yeah (laughs) so then the apprenticeship starting to come to a close. Krista, you started first. Did you leave before Randall was yeah. done? I did, yes. And I went home, and so this is funny. I did, uh, not to get too off topic, but. <laughs> I love off topic. Okay. In college, um, I was a nerd and I really wanted to do like research on uh, ideally horses, but my. It was mountain goats. My, yeah, <laughs> my, my biolo- Fuzzy white mountain goats. <laughs> my, my biology professor was like, you know, we, we don't really have any large animal research, she said, but uh, a Rocky Mountain goat inter- or a research project just started. And she's like, why don't you apply for that? Well, I was a freshman in college and I was like, Rocky Mountain goats? Like, oh, okay. So needless to say, the Rocky Mountain Goat Foundation actually paid for all my college. Like it, it was full ride scholarship. And I just did research on Rocky Mountain goats throughout college and just various, um, you know, I would, I would go out and collect samples and, um, my dad would go with me and we'd go and present this research and all this. Well, it was a big deal cause they gave me a lot of scholarships. And so I had one more presentation to do, even though I had graduated, they had this, um, little get together, the Rocky Mountain Goat Foundation did, and it's called the Wadi, and it's right in the middle of the Rocky Mountains, and me and one other lady from Washington State would go and present our research research findings, and um, so in order to, you know, get my scholarship and stuff for my senior year, my, the 
obligation was that I have to go present my research at the end uh, or when they had the Wadi. And that was around uh, September 7th, somewhere around there, like around that first week of September. And so I had talked to Chris and Barb about it already and, and they, they knew I had to go home and present. Um, So to go back, like you could, so like the apprenticeship ended with, if Chris thought saw you fit, you would be able to come back and work with him in mineral wells. And um, so Randall did that. He came back to mineral wells and worked with Chris. And I went back to Colorado, presented my research, but I, I never actually went back to Texas and, um, and uh, worked with Chris. I, 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 um, finished out my, my research and, um, and then I worked on the cattle ranch there and worked with Tim and, and rode horses at his ranch and, um, just kept like everything I learned at Chris's. I just applied it to those horses, which still wasn't enough to say that I could be like a trainer on my own just yet. But I, I don't know. I, I was just, I was learning from the horse at that time. And then, um, yeah, want, you know, but still wanting to pursue horsemanship. And I, I stayed in contact with Randall and, and uh, yeah, he went to Mineral Wells and, um, and uh, yeah, it, and I don't know if you want to bring in Randall right there or, or I could tell you the story of how we got back to Pleasanton or. or I do want to hear that story. Um, <laughs> so it was that right after, so you worked at the cattle ranch and then um, you and Randall came together. Is that kind of the timeline? Yes, pretty much. Pretty much. Yes. And um, yes. So I, you know, was just thoroughly enjoying my time just uh, branding and and just learning all the cattle ranching aspects in Lamar, Colorado. And um, and then let's see. So I kind of I was I was kind of riding and starting some colts for for a few people uh out of Tim MX barn he has a beautiful little facility there that he let me use and in exchange for using his they, they kind of became family and uh, in exchange for letting um me use his facilities I just kept his horses legged up and like started his colts and that kind of thing mm-hmm. and so um so I did that for a while and then you know I just I I knew I needed a change in life. And so I kind of like talked to my dad about it. And he's like, well, well, what if, what if you kind of thought about going back to vet school? And I was like, um, so, but I, I had good grades and stuff. So I went ahead and applied. I actually got into Ross university, their, their vet school, but here's the thing, the whole time during the application process and leading all the way up to the time that I was supposed to get on a flight, I was dreading it and just just grasping for another Chris Cox type opportunity. I was like, please, somebody like something come along. I, I this is I, just knowing deep inside. It's not what I wanted to do. So I prayed about it and just I, I, I called Randall. I remember talked to him about it, just tried to get my thoughts sorted about it. it. It was it was a time in my life. I didn't quite know where to go, but I knew vet school wasn't quite the thing. But it, it was kind of the thing that, you know, I was most familiar, I guess. And, and maybe to my family as well. Like, well, you know, you kind of always wanted to go to vet school. And so I kid you not, Caitlin, like the night before I was supposed to get on the plane, I was searching and searching for a job opportunity that involved horses. Didn't really care what it was, just as long as it was something, you know, where I could go learn. And so um, I saw Clay Johnson cutting horses. He posted an ad on on his Facebook page looking for, you know, a loper uh, and someone to just help out. And so I called him that that (laughs) the morning we were to leave for my plane, I called him. And um, and he said, well, it's filled, but I have a friend that is really looking for for a loper. He's he needs one badly. And I was like, okay, well, give him my, you know, go ahead and give him my number. And he's like, yes, ma'am. He's so polite. I loved it. So he sent my number. I didn't. I honestly, I was like, well, I'm getting on this plane. Like, I guess there's nothing. And we are. You could. I promise you, we are probably 15 minutes from the airport. And this number texts me and it says, hi, this is Jonathan Rogers. I'm looking for, or I was told by Clay that you're looking for a loping position. And I, I was like, yes, sir. And I, 
in the matter of four texts, I was on my way the next morning to Texas. It, I didn't, I didn't talk to him on the phone. All I knew was I had a position at a cutting horse facility. It was in Rockdale, Texas. And I, I loaded up my truck or I told my dad, I'm sorry, we're at the airport. And I, I told my dad knew this. He, he knew all along. He knew I didn't want to go to vet school. And I said, dad, there's an opportunity. There's a cutting horse trainer. He's looking for somebody. I need to go do this. And my dad said, okay, we'll do it, but, but do it well. You know what I mean? Don't give up, stick to it. I said, yes, sir. So my dad helped me load my truck. I said goodbye to my mom, my sister, uh, my older sister, everybody. And they just, you know, they, I don't know. It was a, it, it was, it wasn't hard for me to leave because something told me like, it's what I had to do. So I went to Rockdale it was super duper rainy, and um, I I had been talking to Randall, you know, almost every night on the phone, and um, I sent him a picture. I was going through Decatur. I sent him a picture. I was at NRS, and then like he didn't he didn't he still didn't think I don't think he knew I for sure I was. I, I didn't know she was headed down to work for a cutter. She she was supposed to be getting on the plane. Yeah, I was supposed <laughs> to get on the plane. And so when I called him that night and I said, guess where I am? And I said, I said Rockdale, Texas. He was like wait, what? That was like two and a half hours from where he lived. And so he's like, are you kidding me? You know, what? You know, it's so exciting. And um, so uh, I, I worked that week with Jonathan and Judy Rogers, who are amazing people. Uh, I, I met Judy first there. I pulled up to the ranch and it was just like Randall said, with, with Chris's place, it covered arena, walkers, you know, just immaculate show horses, um, beautiful, beautiful facility. And I thought, yes. And Judy showed me my little house and I went right to work the next morning and I just <laughs> learned a ton. And, um, that I, I, that first week I rode. And then that weekend I drove down and, and saw Randall and I went, I met him at cactus ropes and, uh, yeah. And then, and that's when we started dating like a month later. <laughs> but, um, and I, yeah, I worked with Jonathan and Judy for about a year and it, it, what a wonderful, what I learned a ton. And, um, like I told you, I was, you know, went to the super stakes, the fraternity, the BI, uh, traveled the country, went to Las Vegas and, um, and learned there too. It takes a lot more than just loping to get a cutting horse ready. Uh, it, it's, it takes, you know, a ton of feel, getting them to read your seat, getting them soft, getting them their mind correct, getting them focused, a ton and ton of focus. And uh, it really taught me to be correct and organized and, you know, everything. Like, don't forget the small details. So uh, it was amazing. I, I love Jonathan and Judy. They uh, Jonathan taught me a ton. <laughs> that is so cool. And I know I said this earlier, but your dad sounds like a saint. <laughs> that is <laughs> poor guy, but also amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We, I talk to him every day. I, you know, I live down here in Texas. So uh, we, I talked to my, my whole family up there in Colorado and, and they're always asking what I'm doing, what, you know, what, what we're doing with the horses. And so they're completely intrigued, but they're, they couldn't be more supportive and more proud of me. And I, I couldn't thank them enough. I, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's very, very hard to hear that your daughter doesn't want to go to vet school, wants to be a horse trainer. <laughs> How are you supposed to like convince them of that? You know, so they, but they couldn't be any more supportive. So thank you for listening to another episode of finding the feel. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook to join the conversation. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app to catch the next episode. And if you've enjoyed this one, please share with a friend. It's very much appreciated. Until next time.